nice car, Joe. Fuck Let me you, try man. Let me try that. <laughs> Cobra assault cannon, state of the art, bang bang. Welcome everyone to the year-end edition of My Bleeding Ears podcast. This is episode number 58, and it's pretty much our little year in review. Uh, mostly, well actually all good things. I'm not going to do a worst of list. I am. It's short. <laughs> okay, you can do your worst of list. <laughs> I am not. I would like to focus on the things that uh, I enjoyed this, this year. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I didn't enjoy, and I think, you know... A lot of these year-end kind of podcasts and shows and things on YouTube always do a worst of list, and it's a, a total—it's just a show of people shitting on movies. And yeah, I mean that whatever floats your boat. I can do the same thing. Everyone can do that too. Um, so I'm just going to keep it positive for the most part here and just talk about all the films that we enjoyed, and plus our movie of the week also. Mm-hmm. And then that's our little special. And that's, you know, keep it nice, short, and sweet. So, do you want to start off with your list, Jessalyn, my co-host, as always? And actually, you know what? I want to make a quick announcement before we get into it. That uh, I'm changing um, the format just a pinch. Now, Jessalyn is going to pick the movie of the week every five shows. So, every multiple of five. Ooh. You are you. That's your show. You get to pick the movie. Okay, great. Sounds so, yeah. good. Yeah. So yeah, every forty-five, fifty-five, fifty. You know, yeah, multiples of five. That got sounds it. awesome. I've got one all picked out. Yeah, and that'll be coming in a few weeks. And I think I'll stress out less when I have more opportunities because there are so many. <laughs> I'm like, I have to pick the perfect perfect one because I don't get to go again for another ten weeks. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes even longer too. Cause we'll take a uh, a week off sometimes. Right. I'm going to pick some good ones. So All right, just good, 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 good. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> That's not going to be one of them. Okay. Uh, okay, what do you got? So I just wrote down all the movies that I enjoyed uh, that I saw. I think they're all in, not all of them in the theaters, but they all hit the theaters. So I think I have about 15 on my list. Oh, shit. So I'm just going to yeah. read them off in no particular order. My favorite movies of 2018. I also want to say that I missed so many movies in 2018. I was looking down the yeah. list thinking... I'd probably like that, or I wish I could talk about that, or I totally forgot about that one. I want to see it. So these are the ones I saw, obviously. No particular order. We got Black Panther. All right, that one doesn't make my list. Okay. (laughs) Actually, no Marvel movies make my list. No, I'm not surprised at all. At all. (laughs) You were resistant to Black Panther anyway. I I was at first. it was too popular and you couldn't handle it. That and... I, I. Liked it a little more as time went on, and I watched it again. I ended up liking it a little more. Uh, I think it's on par with Infinity War in terms of direction and action. I just think that this is getting out of hand now. (laughs) 
and so many spin-offs. You yeah, mean? there's so many spin-offs and so many after credits like you well, know, little scenes and shit. And if I thought Infinity War was sloppy with all the characters, I would agree with you. But I thought it was actually pretty clean. Yeah, it was. It was able to keep all those characters pretty straight. So. Very much so. But in that Marvel universe, I kind of know what's going to happen. Nothing's a surprise to me anymore in this okay. universe. Like I, Especially if you're going through the comic books and you know what's going to happen. But at the same time, I, I do kind of like that because... Before this whole Marvel Universe thing started happening about 10 years ago, it really didn't, you know, do that. It wasn't really like the comics as much. You know, it, it really didn't follow the, the same formula as the comics book comic books did. And then I would complain about it because I'd be like, hey, you didn't follow the comic books, you know. Mm-hmm. You watch, like, uh, the X-Men movies, I believe, is a, is a pretty good example because you look at these characters in comic form and they're wearing these different costumes and what they wear in the movies and like that leather shit that the X-Men wore just kind of took me out of it a little bit but with the movies now they're a bit more uh, it's a closer to their, their comic counterpart so, well that's because all you comic nerds grew up and it, started directing Marvel movies exactly yeah so, <laughs> right, I don't know, directing Marvel I, you know I, I'll complain either way so I'm, <laughs> I'm a piece of garbage <laughs> alright sorry alright Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, again, no particular order, Deadpool 2, Incredibles 2, uh, Insidious The Last Key, which I almost forgot about because really? that was around the beginning of the year, but I liked that oh, one. Okay. Annihilation. Uh-huh, that one's on my I list, figured. too. A Wrinkle in Time, just because... I'll have to watch it again. I was just so happy that it existed, period. Right. It, it seems like that movie has taken forever to come to screen. Yeah. I can't believe this is the first movie iteration of it. So it's got to make the list. Halloween. A Quiet Place. A Simple Favor, which only a couple of people that I know watched. Guys, my friends, please go watch this movie. It's crazy. It's so much fun. <laughs> and I want to talk about it with you. Uh, Prayer Before Dawn. Mm-hmm. The Domestics. Mm-hmm. Relaxer makes my list. Hell yeah. <laughs> we joke about it so much. <laughs> I think I influenced you on that decision, Emily. <laughs> Relaxer made the list. Um, Hereditary, Await Further Instructions, The Devil's Doorway, mm-hmm. and Widows. Uh, Widows has been nominated for zero things so far. I can't, I can't believe it. Yeah, it didn't really do well at the box office either. Yeah, it's yeah. too bad. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to do my worst real quick. Go for it. it. Uh, let's hear them. I won't shit on them because I already have on this podcast. <laughs> so you've already heard it. Go back. The Nun. <laughs> the Meg. <laughs> Slenderman. The Open House. Mandy. And I thought that was going to be my number one worst, but I got to say, Winchester is the number one worst movie that I've seen this year. Matt, you really didn't like I that really movie. really hated huh? it. Yeah. That but Mandy's boring. right there next to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> wow, man. Well, if I was going to have a worst of list, I think Mandy would be on there also. Okay. But, I mean, it, that's a very polarizing movie. It, 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 it is. You're like right. People yeah. either love it or hate it. It's and very it, divisive. And I still think if you love it, you love it ironically. I don't believe you actually <laughs> love it. I don't. <laughs> uh, my movies, it's a shorter list. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I do have one Marvel movie out here. I have Deadpool 2. Okay. That one's really fun to watch. It it's, is. it's a good, funny movie, and you, it's one of those you can probably just put on any time. Yeah, I'm always in the mood for it. Yeah. Uh, I chose 
Prayer Before Dawn also. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we saw at Cinepocalypse. Uh, great story, true story. My, I'm going to give out my little awards too as I go through here. <laughs> um, best actor, I think, is Joe Cole Joe in this Cole, movie. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's the best, that's the best acting I've seen so far this year. Um, he wins the uh, My Bleeding Ears podcast award for best <laughs> male actor. It's just a bloody ear on a stump. Yeah, yeah, I gotta make those for next year. I'll make... <laughs> Be- um, Hereditary. Uh huh. And Tony Collette gives my 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 bleeding ears ear trophy for best female performer. She and should. She's wonderful. Yeah. Those are my two actors awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Hereditary was a great movie. It was scary and, and God, the acting was great in that movie. You mm-hmm. really have to check that one out. A Quiet Place, which is a nice movie without any dialogue, you know, or all the dialogue or, or communication you need is, is done silently and you really don't need it. And I think it was done great. It's awesome that John Krasinski's not doing the whole office thing anymore or playing mm-hmm. any of those kind of roles. He kind of, you know, he's leading man kind of, you know, just, uh, who could I equate him to? Because he's not necessarily like a Bruce Willis or... No, uh, although he's Jack Ryan now. But yeah, he's Jack Ryan. So more akin to like a, a Harrison Ford, maybe. I guess. Although Bruce Willis, in that he started on a TV show. TV show. Bruce and, Willis did. And, but uh, his role after that was like Die Hard, which kind of made him... Yeah. It, it seemed more like the funny guy in the situation as opposed to like the Jack Ryan character. True. Where he's not really funny, you know. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. just getting the job done. My other ones are... Ready Player One. I knew that was going to be on yeah. your list. I, not on mine. I enjoyed it a lot. It's you know, it's not a yeah. It's it's a bunch of flashy lights and a bunch of characters there from your childhood and yeah, and from even now. So it was, it was kind of cool to see that. I fucking was not looking forward to seeing that movie, and I was looking forward to hating it in my head. But I just love the King Arthur story, and mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty well done, and so it makes my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, relaxer, of course. Is that... <laughs> it's too bad there's no way for you all to watch this movie. Is there? I Instagrammed the one guy from the movie, and he said hopefully in 2019 they'll be released. It's it's <laughs> worth a watch. It definitely is, man. <laughs> it's one of my top films of the year. <laughs> Another surprising entry, which I didn't think I would put it on this list at all, um, let's say a few months ago, would be Halloween. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that movie. It's the best Halloween since the first one. Agreed. And I can't stop praising it enough. I'm happy it, it got some guys who were really fans and were interested in this, and it wasn't like a gun-for-hire project. Yeah. It was these guys wrote it, directed it, had help from John Carpenter in different ways, uh, along with a great score he had put out. I have it on vinyl now. And, yeah, I'm, it's, to me, I, it, I am just not a Halloween fan. I right. really am not, but this movie kind of really brought me back into it. I enjoy the first one, I enjoy the third one, and I think all the rest of them are crap. And I feel like so did the people who wrote this movie. Yes, yeah. Thought, let's just cut all of that let's out. Let's cut every single yeah. movie except the first one, and mm-hmm. let's just build from there. And they did a great job with yeah. doing that. I want to see it again, so as soon as it comes out, and I don't have to buy it on video on demand, I can just watch it, you know, I would love to do it then. Mm-hmm. 
Solo. I enjoyed Solo a lot. More than I thought. I think maybe because it was shit on so much and then I took so long to see it. Maybe that's the reason why I like it a lot. It has a lot more heart in it than I was expecting. Definitely. I thought this was just going to be a money-making spinoff. And it's a little more than that. It doesn't make my list, but yeah. And there's some... I heard some reviewers, uh, they were saying that it's pretty much just a, a rehash of Han Solo's character from Episode Four, A New Hope, and kind of. Um, in Solo, you know, we, we see that Han Solo is a smuggler uh, with a heart of gold kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then in Episode Four, same thing, he ends up you know, uh, joining a rebellion and everything. And, yeah, it's the same story, but there's something that happened to him to make that happen again. He uh, met the character in Solo of uh, the Amelia Clark character and loved her, and he would do anything for her, and then at the end of the movie, they're not together, and he's bummed by that, and Mm -hmm. he becomes a smuggler for 30 years with Chewbacca until they meet up with Princess Leia, and then he falls for her but this time around the feeling is mutual kind of thing and she's not a not a should I ruin yeah, it? yeah who gives a fuck and she's not a traitor yeah exactly she's <laughs> not a traitor and she's fights with the good people which I know? guess we don't know for sure if that's what Amelia Clark is right yeah we, probably she is probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Await Further Instructions was another one too that yes I enjoy you said it's a you enjoyed that movie, but it you it's joyless. Well, this, no, it's it was really good and so scary in that this is what people would actually do, maybe at the expense of their families, just to follow the orders that they've been given. Right. You know, like Nazis. So it's <laughs> terrifying. I didn't have any fun watching it, but it's really good. It is really good. It made good. my list, yeah. It was cool to see the filmmakers, too, while they're watching this movie. It was, it was mm-hmm. a good, really cool experience. Yeah, see it. Uh, and yeah, it's out now. It's just, you can probably get it anywhere. It's a Christmas movie, too. You know, fuck, we should have watched it for right. Christmas. It Damn is. it. <laughs> oh, well, we watched so many. We checked yeah. a lot on <laughs> We did. <laughs> was that, is there another one? Oh, Annihilation, which oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. enjoyed a lot, too. I really like the the filmmaker's work. I would probably make him director of the year for that because uh, he did uh, Alex Garland. He did Ex Machina and he wrote the script and uh, for uh, Dread, which I really like a lot. <laughs> it's an mm-hmm. awesome movie. And I think Ex Machina is criminally not underrated because it got accolades, but I feel like nobody saw it. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, What's his name? Does a really great job. Yeah. All the acting in that movie is great too. By Alicia Vikander, Oscar uh, Isaac, yeah, Donald Gleason. That was an uh, overlooked movie, but uh, Annihilation. Uh, man, there were some really scary parts in that movie. That mm-hmm. bear scene and just the whole story of it and the ending, the ambiguous ending, and just really it was really an awesome movie. Yeah. I, I think it was kind of underrated. Also, great film. And my number one movie of the year will be back after the break. (laughs) You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal 
providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week and my pick of my favorite movie of the year is the nineteen is the two thousand eighteen <laughs> film Summer of eighty four. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to talk about this movie. I first saw it back at the Cinepocalypse uh, Film Festival and it blew my mind. And I had no one really to talk about it to except for Jessalyn. Yeah. Up all other than her. No one else to talk about because it took a while for it to come out and it really didn't hit the theaters and it just kind of went straight to, to video or video on demand or whatever you want to call it. And finally it ended up on Shudder, which I was like, all right, great. Shudder. I love Shudder. Me too. Uh, so it's great to see it up there. It's an exclusive on there. So this is where you can see this movie. And and see it. If you haven't seen it yet, we're about to spoil it and you should really see it first. Turn this off. Go see it on Shudder. Come back here and listen to us talk about it. Exactly. Because we're going to ruin the whole thing. Way too bad. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get uh, somewhat in-depth, not too in-depth, but because I do want people to watch this film because it is my favorite film of the year. Uh, it's done by the, the trio of directors who did Turbo Kid. Mm-hmm. And it's, directed, uh, it's written by Matt Leslie and Stephen J. Smith. I believe Stephen J. Smith is a resident of Illinois, like Hinsdale, I think. Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah, he's like the rich neighborhood. <laughs> I'm sure hey, what like is the... your life? Yeah. <laughs> Hinsdale. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this movie is, is like a, a mixture of, I want to say, The Burbs and uh, Rear Window. Yeah, darker than the burbs. Darker than the burbs, yeah. yes, but it still has a pretty light tone throughout yes. the movie mm-hmm. until the very end. Yes. <laughs> this film is just about a, a couple of like four different teenagers during the summer of 1984, and there has been a serial killer in their county of like ten different towns that just came out of the shadows and was like, "Hey, I killed these people." Uh, here's all the facts for it. And it was like, I believe, 13 to 15 different yeah, people he murdered. 13 kids and adults, and he sends a letter to the police department. Saying, um, kind of saying, I'm out there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the reason these people are gone, and, and it's legitimate. The Cape May Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, so from there on, we, we get to meet our, our, uh, our four protagonists of the film. And there are Davy, which is our main character. Uh, Eats. We have. Uh, which is the kid from the babysitter? Is it that? Uh, oh, the first kid. Uh, the main kid's the one from the babysitter. Oh, right? I thought no. I thought Eats was the one from the babysitter. Huh. Okay. I'm gonna look, look it up real quick, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, Woody and Faraday mm-hmm. are the main guys. And no, never mind. You're oh. Right. <laughs> and. Uh, they're no, all, I'm right. Uh, you're right? Oh, yeah. all right, good. So, and uh, also from the Christmas Chronicles, that weird Kurt Russell movie. 
That oh, is also the, oh right, 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 yeah. right, right. <laughs> Chris has sand in there. <laughs> Which we also saw. And uh, Tyrell, if you're listening, it is weird. It you're is right. weird one, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take place in Chicago. Yeah. Really. So anyway, I'm sorry. Woody. Yeah, and you have all these friends together. Mm-hmm. And it, it really reminded me of, of having friends. Not See, I didn't really grow up in the 80s. I was born in the 80s. I was born in 1980. So I, after watching a movie like this, that takes place in the 80s, you'll... I remember things. I know I wasn't like these kids, uh, necessarily, in any situation like they were in, or had the freedom they had to go around in the 80s. Because the 80s were different, you know, than the 90s and now. I'm from a real small town. This is what our summers were like. <laughs> go outside. I mean, I would tell my parents where I was going, but... We'd go to the park, we'd go to the playground, like, we were just outside. And this is what's really cool about this, how this movie starts, because we get to see Davey, he's a paper boy, and he goes to this cop's house, and the name of the cop is Mackie. Mm-hmm. And it's, after reading up about this movie and seeing the trailer, you kind of know what it's about. And you're having this first encounter between Davey and Mackie, and... Mackie needs help moving something down in his basement. You really don't know anything about him yet. You just know that he's a neighbor and he's friendly with Davy. Mm-hmm. And when he asks Davy to help him move something in his house, automatically that stranger danger shit we learned in the nineties for sure comes alive, and we're like in our heads we're already saying, "Whoa, whoa, whoa yeah. what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. Don't do that!" And like, why are you? Why are you going in this guy's basement? My parents at least taught me about stranger danger. Like, I never went into a stranger's house or right, spoke exactly. to them or anything like that. But yeah. then you have to remember, this is before this kind of stuff really, really started to hit home. Mm-hmm. This is the 80s. People left their doors open, mm-hmm. depending on where you lived. But yeah, pretty much people left their doors open everywhere. So our stranger danger meter's going off right from the beginning, <laughs> and, it, and it gives us a tone of... You know, because, uh, you know, Mackie doesn't end up killing Davy at all in the beginning because, you know, he just generally needed his help. Well, we're, you're jumping jumping the gun. I am jumping the gun because, <laughs> of course, we're setting up this, this... Of course, if you see in the trailer, it kind of gives the movie away. It does, but yeah. It, 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 I avoided this trailer like the fucking plague before I saw this movie. I had only read about it little sentences... And then I saw it was coming from the creators of Turbo Kid. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was fucking hyped because we love Turbo Kid. And I want to get back to the trailer. I mean, I want to get back to the trailer once we go through the movie. Because it does give it away and it also doesn't Doesn't, give it away. Exactly. But if you've seen the movie and you you see the trailer, then you're like, oh, fuck. You don't No, no, don't don't show that. But yeah, Mackie. um, And we learned that Mackie is the cop and he's been in the neighborhood for a long time. And we learned that Davey is... um, he really likes you know, conspiracy theories, you know. He's mm-hmm. a big conspiracy theory nut. And you can see he has all over his bedroom, he has all these different National Enquirer stories mm-hmm. up and everything. And nothing is happening in the suburbs in the 80s in Oregon. I guess, this is where this is, uh, takes place. Oh, okay. So he his imagination goes wild, and that story comes out about the serial killers. And then he, you know, kind of figures that maybe it's Mackie. Uh, after he sees, well, they, they, like the kids in the neighborhood all do this thing in the summer where it's called manhunt, and they go out at night, and I believe they just try and find each other in the dark and with flashlights. It was yeah. flashlights, it's like a simple yeah. game. So they're playing this game, and Davy ends up 
away from everyone and he looks in the Mackey's window and he sees that there's a kid in there. And he was just like, I found it kind of weird. You know, Mackey said that, uh, well, when Davey helped him move his, uh, move that dresser or whatever in Mackey's house, he saw that Mackey had a bunch of different pictures up Mm -hmm. of family members that he said. So, and Mackey was like, well, they all kind of live far away. Right. Just kind of like a, you would think of like a little throwaway line. And there's a lot of little, what do you think of our throwaway lines in this movie? So you really have to pay attention. Right. And when he sees the milk carton with the kid on the milk carton, he doesn't just think. He is sure that Mackie is the Cape May Slayer. Right. 100%. And he never wavers from that. Never. It's, the, it's his friends, it's his parents, obviously, and it's the audience. Or at least I was like, I don't know, maybe yeah. the twist is that he isn't. Right, and, yeah. that, and that kept us going throughout the whole movie, because mm-hmm. it's pretty much all of the, the main kid, Davey, trying to find out if Mackie is the killer. And you have, he has three friends, three great friends, and not all of them believe him, or not all of them are on the same page that he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked the the whole, um, just how the friendships work within the characters, because I want to believe cause, um, that every group of friends, there's always two guys in that group, or, or women, or whoever, whomever, are best friends. And the other two people, or three people in that group, are great friends also, right. but you just don't connect with them like you do with that one person. Mm-hmm. And in this group of guys, there's Woody and Davey are the best friends right. of the four. And mm-hmm. the two other guys are great friends too, but they don't have what Woody and Davey have. Right. Woody and Davey hang out together alone right. lots more than the other two. Yeah. Right. And the other two guys hang out with each other a little bit more too, because I guess maybe yeah. they're more best friends in their kind of way also, mm-hmm. which I really like that because it's it's real. You know, it's mm-hmm. just not one for all, all for one. And the friendship throughout the movie tends starts to unravel. You mm-hmm. know, um, a lot of guy, uh, some of the guys don't believe in Davey and even give up on him too, which I find is is realistic to how some friendships are. Mm-hmm. You don't keep all those same friends that you met when you were 15 or 14 years old. You move on from there, or you guys grow apart. And it was just really real to me how the filmmakers showed this, and the writers and fil- the filmmakers showed us that. And, and it made it really important, especially for the end of the movie, which is, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. once again... And plus... Music is great in this this movie. Yeah. Also, it's done by Lamados, or I, I, I guess that's how you say their name. They did the music for Turbo Kid. Also, mm-hmm. uh, the eighties. I know there's a lot of other reviewers about this movie that said the eighties really kind of got in the way, and I don't think it did at all. It was just a couple little things they'd be like, oh, haha, kind of funny thing. Yeah, I don't think the eighties got in the way. No, I wouldn't yeah. say that because. Well, I mean, loving serial killers like most women do, because you have to know your enemy, (laughs) so women are into true crime. Not all women, but many. Um, I think it was helpful to set it in the 80s because all they had were walkie-talkies. There were no cell phones. There was no DNA testing, so he could send a letter to the police department, and there was nothing they could do to figure out who this guy was. I think setting in... I'm sure that's why they set it in the 80s. Because they, you don't have the kind of technology that you would have now to catch a serial killer. This movie <coughs> wouldn't work in today's time because of all those things. But definitely in the 80s, yeah, this is up, right up the wheelhouse of, of kids, you know, 
kind of being kids. Of yeah, kids are just running around in their neighborhood. Their parents yeah. don't know where they are all day. You yeah. can't do that in modern times. The parents are pretty absent in this movie, yeah. too. You, mm-hmm. Even the main character's parents aren't in it a lot. They're away. The father's either working or they're going out. Mm-hmm. Which opens up the uh, next-door neighbor dream girl uh, situation mm-hmm. in this film. Uh, at first, you uh, you weren't really into this notion, and you kind of had a problem with it, um, in a way. It's not her. It's that, because they also said it in the 80s, these boys just get to be gross boys about their moms and the mm-hmm. girl across the street, and... And it's not like it was one or two jokes. It was, like, constant for the first hour of the movie. I had to sit and try to enjoy a movie that kept making jokes at my gender's expense. And after a while, I was like, okay, all right, I get it. They're 12-year-old boys. They're disgusting. Please stop. Can we move on through this? And she was kind of a manic pixie dream girl to start uh-huh. because he's he hasn't been spying. He can see her window from his window. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been spying on her. His friends have. Mm-hmm. And she does take her bra off and you don't see anything, whatever. She's supposed to be like 14, so thank no, God. No, eight, 18. Okay, fine. She's 18. Um, and all the boys are really gross about it. And he gets, they all duck. And he gets caught looking at the across the way at her. And she comes over later and, like, flirts with him, and he says, oh, I wasn't looking, and she's like, well, you should, I have a great body, and I was like, okay, she's gonna be this superficial, manic, pixie dream girl, and I'm already so sick of the sexist jokes. Mm-hmm. It took me out of it a little bit, yes. Mm-hmm. But it's a good movie. It's just, right. it sucks that I have to overlook that to enjoy the movie. Right. I understand. And she does become a three-dimensional character. She does, yeah. yeah. And she, her character does end up being pretty big into the ending of the movie. Yeah. Which I man, I really don't want to spoil. I know. <laughs> I, I, Turn this off. Go see it. Come back. <laughs> I want to talk about it. <laughs> I think I've already kind of spoiled it. Right. Well, yeah. we all know. We end up knowing that Mackie is the killer. We find out that he's been dissolving bodies in his basement, and the boys end up, you know, setting up this whole thing where. Um, there's this festival going on where two of the boys are going to go and watch Maggie and the other two are going to go inside Maggie's house and f- film it and see if they can catch him on anything. Yeah, and at this festival, Maggie is being celebrated because he caught the serial yes. killer. <laughs> and making quotations with my hands. <laughs> they can't see And him. it's after Maggie has found out from Davy's parents that Davy is sure that Maggie is the serial killer. And so he goes over to Davy's house. That whole scene is yes. so creepy. And I'm still, like, not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure he's the serial killer at that point. And he's like, I promise, I'm going to catch this guy. And, like, yeah. the next, next day, day suddenly there him. was an arrest. Yeah. So he's also getting, like, a medal of honor at this festival. And the boys are spying on him. And the other two boys and the girl go to his house and start rooting around in his basement. And the girl, it's like the third time she's jumped out and scared yeah. them. And Woody's like, why do you keep doing that? And she says, because it's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> she she does, I like her a lot. I just hated how her character started, that's all. And her character is, um, her parents are getting a divorce, so she's potentially moving out of the neighborhood. Yeah. And that's another one of the running themes, is that you don't know what happens behind closed doors. You know your right. friends to a point... But you don't know what goes on when those doors close. Exactly. Like, yeah. eats his parents, 
fight and scream at each other. And his friends only have a small idea of how bad it is in his right. house. Yeah, they don't like show that. anything in the house at all. You, right. Which was great. You, you didn't need that. And, and with uh, Woody also, he you know, his mom is overworked and an alcoholic. Yeah. And so he, you only see her like drunk and kind of passing out and he puts her to bed and he never tells his friends anything about no, that. No, he doesn't. Yeah. So, yeah, Mackie did it. He, yeah. <laughs> uh, they end up finding one of the victims and another victim being kind of melted in a bathtub in like Maggie's basement. And they show the tape to the police and they're like, hey, Davey, you're a hero. And his parents had to eat shit. <laughs> yeah. I said, I was like, you know, of all the parenting mistakes you're going to make, that was probably the worst. And that wasn't that bad. Well, your, no, no. Your heart was in the right place. Yeah. Uh, but the, the really creepy part is they all, so there's no question, they find a dead kid and then an alive kid that they save. But it's that realization of the, the photos in the house. Tell right. them about the photos. So we spoke about it earlier when Davey helped move the, the dresser. He sees all those photos up briefly. And then as they're taking this person that Mackie kidnapped out of the house, he looks at those pictures again. And they're not of any of his family they're of all the people that he's kidnapped kids from. And then he sees his picture with his family up mm-hmm. there, and he knows that he's next. Yeah, Mackie's been stalking him, yeah. So, but before all these guys, um, they, they rescue the kid, the two other boys, like you said before, escape, or like quit, because they saw that Mackie was... Um, <clears throat> actually, they I thought Mackie wasn't him, because earlier in the film... They were wondering why Mackie was buying all these tools and all this dirt and everything. So they thought maybe he was, like, bearing bodies or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when they went and saw him at the, the festival, he was actually, him and the police department planted a bunch of different plants and stuff. So that's mm-hmm. why they bought right. all that shit. So our first boy was, like, uh, Faraday was, like, you know, Matt, Mackie's not the guy. He tells the guys in the who are in the house already, not him. So he leaves the celebration and ends up meeting Eats, who was told was asked if he could just watch out for Mackie at this bus stop. But when Faraday comes by and he tells Eats, like, you know, Mackie's not it, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, Eats is like, you know, can I stay at your house? And mm-hmm. you get to see them as more friends. So Faraday and Eats kind of just leave, and no one is there to watch Mackie. Mm-hmm. So after they get the kid out and tell the cops and everything... No one saw Mackie go back to the house and find out that he was caught or anything. That whole part of the movie is just missing. So we go back to Davy's house and we see that the police are surrounding Mackie's house and that Woody is staying the night with uh, with Davy because I mean shit, they're scared, you know. And they're like, you know, we'll catch him, we'll catch Mackie, we'll find him and everything. And this is kind of like our, our what you think a happy ending would be because. In the police station, also Davy is um, is meets up with uh, what's her face? I keep forgetting her. Nikki, that's her name. Nikki's mm-hmm. her name. He ends up. Uh, Nikki is there, and she meets him outside, and she's like, "Why are you sitting out here alone?" You know, and she's like, "You know, my parents actually hugged each other, and they, you know, were in the same room together, and I don't know things are kind of looking up right now. I'm not crossing my fingers or anything, but." This is all setting up for, like, a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And I knew this movie was not over. Me I too. Knew. <laughs> I knew it couldn't end that way. And I was like, there's no fucking way this trio of directors is giving us a double happy ending. Yep. 
and that's when the boys fall asleep and Mackie was in the house the whole time. Mm-hmm. He comes from the attic, knocks out both of the boys, and takes them to an, like a kind of little island right off of, um, of where they live. And like uninhabited. Uninhabited right? island, yeah. yeah. And he drives them there in his cop car and he ethered the boys. So they wake mm-hmm. up in his car and he kind of opens the door for him because now he's on his manhunt. Mm-hmm. And he's going to hunt these two boys, Woody and Davy. And he's talking to them over the the radio. Radio. And it's super creepy. This actor is great. Oh, man. I don't know him. He's from Mad Men and I never got yeah, into Rich Mad Summer, Men. man. He, yeah. Oh, man, he's this dude. Great. God, if. If Joe Cole didn't do such a great performance, he would probably be another one on top yeah. of my list. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he does an awesome job. Yeah. It's from like amiable neighborhood cop to terrifying serial killer. Oh my god, zero to sixty. Yeah. So our boys kind of get away on this island, and they happen upon like a dumping ground for Mackie's victims because there's just bones and shit mm-hmm. and all over, and they're freaking out. And Woody is not the most athletic of the boys. No, he's. Like, he's Kind of an obese child, but a great friend of Davy. So Davy sees that Mackie's getting closer and tells Woody, hey, make a run for the car and get the hell out of here. I'll lead him away. He's also the only one, they make a point of those four kids, he's the only one who can drive. Even though he doesn't have his license. Right, right, yeah. right. So he looks like him. He's like, well, you look like 30, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, you run to the car and I'm going to distract him. Right, exactly. So Woody starts to run, and uh, uh, Davy gets Mackie's attention, but Mackie gets one up on Davy and cuts his Achilles tendon mm-hmm. and cripples Davy. Mackie doesn't kill him, though. He goes after Woody. Yeah, he's like, you stay the fuck here or yeah. something like that and walks away, and then you're like, no, Woody. And then he chases and he catches up to Woody, knocks him down, and then... Slits his throat and kills him. And you know, I never thought they'd really kill one of those boys. That was shocking right. to me. Did you think they'd do it? No, or did that I shock didn't. You? I, I I wasn't. I was. I guess yeah. I was shocked because they went and they did it. And yeah. It <laughs> it made this fucking movie. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's a movie about a serial killer who kills children. That's horrifying enough. And right. Why skimp out on the actual deed? Right. So at the end, Mackie confronts Davy, and I'm not even going to say what he... I can't. I can't repeat what Mackie tells him, but it's so fucking awesome. It's along the lines of, I want to kill you so fucking bad, but I'm going to let you live for now but I'm going to kill you one of these days. Mm-hmm. Well, and he says something like, you've been thinking about me. Right. I want you to keep thinking, thinking about me. Yeah. It's so scary. Oh. And this guy, you've got to see this guy's face. It's like this Joe Nobody friendly neighborhood right. dewy face. <sighs> Terrifying. Oh, <fuck laughs> In our land, of course, he lets Davy live. Um, he Davy escapes like the island and he gets on a road and someone finds him. And as the guy picks up Davy and drives him away, we see that the cop car is on fire. Maggie mm-hmm. has fled. And our very last scene is the same as the first one, um, where Davy is riding his bike through the neighborhood as a paper boy and he sees his little cul de sac full of people, everyone waving and everyone nice. And he does his voiceover and 
but at the end, the same thing happens, but his friends, he doesn't even acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the houses that were full are empty now. Mackie's house is taped off. Mm-hmm. And everything is just different now. And it's kind of a downer, you know? Yeah. Like, I left this fucking theater when I saw this movie just kind of shaking of just how hard this movie hit me. And it hit me hard. I mean, I thought about it for two weeks afterward, and even more probably. And I wanted to see it again really quick, but I was like, you know what? I gotta let it rest. <coughs> Plus, I couldn't. It wasn't out, available out in uh, VOD just yet. Right. But I did have a chance to go see it again at the, um, the Music Box Theater because the writer was gonna be there again, mm-hmm. and I didn't go. But uh, I, I kind of, I really wanted to wait just for this episode to do it. And now you can watch it whenever you want. Now I can watch it whenever I want on mm-hmm. Shudder. I would get, I would just get Shudder just to get this movie. <laughs> Seriously, it, it, but I, I've spoken to a few people who have seen it, and they just, I guess, they didn't like it as much as I did, or maybe they just couldn't put themselves where I was in, in the place where I was when I saw it, and or maybe they just had a different life than I did. So it, this movie yeah. really hit me. Yeah, and that's why it's my number one movie of the year. And I really like it, too. It's just, like I said, that the sexism just, it was just this constant one-liners, awful things that teenage boys say. Oh, and shit. I had a really hard time getting past that. That's, Seeing it again was better because I was at least ready for it. That's nothing, honey. <laughs> I, know. I know that, but it's disgusting. Right, it's and disgusting I do think that they use the 80s as an excuse for boys to say horrible <coughs> things about women. Yeah. Uh, it was It was hard for me to look past that. Yeah. You know that. But... Worth a watch. Just, ladies, brace yourself. These boys are gross. (laughs) Uh, Some little tidbits that we saw throughout the movie was the Volkswagen bug that he drove, and you were like, well, that's the same kind of car what Ted Bundy drove. Yeah, Ted Bundy drove a bug. Uh, Brown, I believe, not green, Mm -hmm. as it is in this. We got to see uh, the Turbo Kid action figure briefly in the movie. We didn't notice that the first time. No, I didn't. And now I'm thinking about, is this the same universe as Turbo Kid? It oh. could be. It could be. Could I mean, be? the apocalypse could happen right after the last shot of 19, of a summer of 84. <laughs> yeah. It could. <coughs> we don't know exactly when in the 80s Turbo Kid is set, do no, we? Uh, 1998, I want to oh, say. Oh, it's set in the 90s. Okay. Yeah. But all the clothing is like 80s. Yeah, because the apocalypse happened in right. the 80s. That's why. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's in the same universe. Why Maybe. Right, i got to ask mm-hmm. him if I ever get a hold or, or email these guys or whatever. I'd be like, hey, he's in the same universe. I follow one of them on Instagram. So, so uh, favorite part? My favorite part is that whole Mackie speech at the end. That's yeah. that. Oh, man. That's powerful stuff right there. Really enjoyed that. Um, you, favorite scene? I think when Mackie comes to Davy's door oh. after Davy's parents have told him they th- that Davy thinks he's a serial killer, yeah. <laughs> Davy won't let him in. And then when he, Davy goes to get the phone because Mackie says he's going to call his nephew, who he claims that kid in his house was. And uh, Davy's like, no, don't come in. The the cord will stretch. And he goes to the kitchen to get this old 80s phone. And (laughs) Mackie does step inside. And it's just, even after I'd seen the movie, I know what happens. I still, like, my butt clenched up a little bit. Like, oh, he's in your house. That part's just, it's it's a well-shot movie. Good movie. It's a great film. Definitely check it out. And uh, there's only one kill in this movie, and we told you about it. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. But 
powerful. Yeah, definitely. Powerful. Not exploitative or anything. Mm-hmm. Really, really done well. No, tragic. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing, there's no glory in it at all. No. Yeah. A-plus movie for me. Um, final grade. I'm going to give it a B-minus. It's really good, guys. You know what my problem is. Yes. It's, it's, not. <laughs> it's not even over two hours, though. No, it's not. Hour and 46. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for checking us out this year. Um, you know, just getting better and, and you know, getting better at editing and, and sound clips and stuff. So, hope you guys keep listening throughout next year. Cause I've got a lot of cool movies coming up. Got some action films. Got some Chuck Norris in there. I got some <laughs> more. I got some more foreign films too. I'm gonna do some comedies. Uh, do some. A western pretty soon i'm still i keep pushing that one back i really want to be focused like uh or just just have a good idea of what i'm going to say for the western movie not okay. sound like a complete idiot i don't remember what that one is yeah well, well you'll see <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah thank you for all my guests that have come on this year we got uh guys from attack of the killer podcast we've got uh tyrell who's been on a few times my steve martin We've got uh, Kevin, Kevin Clem from 8-Bit Geek. Well, let's say Tyrell Cannon of Tyrell Cannon Comics, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say his last name to promote his stuff. He's a great artist. And uh, just some of my friends have been on here, too. I just want to say thank you guys so much. You made this a great year, and this is going to be an awesome one coming up. And I cannot wait. So I will see you next year. Thanks for listening.